wicked, waxing as the gaze of man fixes elsewhere. The twisted bastardization alive left in its wake, a deeper, indiscernible plan at play. The fabric of nature rips where it treads, and the steadfast rules one may deign to apply to existence are callously tossed aside as its agenda unfolds. You may find yourself unlucky enough to fix your gaze upon it. It disregards you. It doesn't care as your body twists and bends. You will become a complete affront to the eyes of man. It will crawl away. Minnesota for a while now. The closest big town is Hibbing, but I don't think anyone knows where that is, so I usually say that I'm just closer to Canada than I am to the Twin Cities or anything. I'm not an old guy. I'm not a Paul Bunyan lumberjack type person. I'm in my 20s. And I work IT remotely for, uh, you know, a tech company. I don't think they'd get excited about me plugging the company name on a ghost story podcast. But, you know, I make my mortgage payments. I consider myself lucky, I guess. I'm an outdoorsy person, which is why I live up here. And I don't usually brag, but I'm really committed to backpacking. Me and a few of my buddies did part of the North Country Trail, the Appalachian Trail. I did the Superior Hiking Trail by myself. Months-long endeavors. Backpacking is my primary hobby. God, I feel like a marathon runner who tells every single person they meet that they're a marathon runner. I promise I'm not that crazy. I far prefer walking long distances to running them. But I guess all of this is just a long-winded way of saying that I'm in the woods often and I don't spook easy. Listen, I've had run-ins with actual bears completely out there in the woods, and nothing scared me more than what I saw from from the safety of inside my truck. It was a few years back, early into the fall, you know, when the pandemic had just been going on for a while, but no one had any vaccinations available yet. It's easy as hell to social distance as a backpacker in the middle of the forest, so I spent a lot of my summer doing that, for better or worse. I know some people get stressed out when I tell them that I go out alone. I'm pretty confident. I was, you know, alone, and doing a small little hike up in Voyagers National Park. That one's literally up against the Canuck border, for reference. That whole venture went without a hitch, but it was on the way back when I came across the, well, the cryptid, I guess. It was actually over by Cook where I saw it, closer to where I live. If you know North Minnesota small towns, (laughs) real common information. Now, I'm not a believer at all. Never, ever got into believing in anything supernatural. But I do love listening to ghost stories as a narrative. Stereotypical woodlands dweller listening to ghost stories around the campfire. That's me. I'm not... I'm not going to weed out any scientific explanation if it comes up. But if I were going to change my mind on ghosts or things like that, this would be the closest thing I'd ever consider a supernatural event. That's ever happened to me, at least. Anyway, the sun had just set. It was dusk. I was listening to a ghost podcast. Not Fox Esoterica, sorry to say. I wasn't on a highway, but highway hypnosis was setting in a bit. I wasn't particularly watching anything until a deer ran across the road. There was enough distance for me to break safely, thankfully. 
I had my high beams on, but it rained across too quickly for me to get a full snapshot look of it. I'm burying the lead a bit. The deer was not normal. It looked like it had five legs and a white coloring on its backside, and that contrasted with the normal tan coloring on the front. It, it didn't blend. The fur color just switched over. And something black and, I don't know, almost scaled was sticking out of its side, almost like another limb. I didn't get a good look at that. The deer ran off, and I stopped there at a full, well, at a full stop, because both I immediately started feeling afraid, but I also wanted to see if any other deer would run across the road. You know, you should never assume there's only one deer if it crosses the road. But as I was stopped, I noticed something else. The trees were covered in fungus, moss, some in shades I've never seen before with shaggy-looking moss or mushrooms. It even looked as though some of the fungus looked like fur or something. And, and you know how some trees have knots in the wood that look off sometimes? I'll say it right now. I genuinely believe it was a trick of the dim light, but it looked like some of the trees had eyes on them. A few of them, at least. Not human eyes. More like... Like the darker, more black eyes of a dog or something. I almost tricked myself into thinking they were moving, but I do actually think it was a trick of the light. I didn't... You know, in some paranormal stories, how some people see a ghost and immediately become afraid, I didn't. Even if it was an artificial, exasperated fear, I didn't get that. I more felt a slow unease. I think a mix of the podcast and the night and the coffee I was drinking, but... I didn't want to look at it any longer, so I started to drive, slowly, in case any more deer ran across the road. But then, after about a half a minute, I got back up to, to, well, not a full speed. I was definitely paying more attention, but I wasn't going at a crawl. My eyes were completely focused on the road, not even because of the fauna that was freaking me out. I was just anxious about hitting something at this point. And that's when I saw, well, the not-deer. The, the second thing. I saw a shape far up ahead run into the road, and it had the same white-colored limbs as the deer. More than four of them, that's for sure. And for a second, I thought it was the deer again, or like another type of deer that was related to the first one. Uh, but this thing was different. It was further away, but I could tell it was bigger than the deer. It had pale, white, stilted legs. It almost looked like seven of them. And they looked as though they were, they were like knives, or swords. And they stabbed into the road, it looked like. It had a thin body, and it wasn't completely on all of its legs like an animal. It almost looked as though it was hunched over, but still upright. Like a humanoid, though with more than two legs. And it had a triangular-shaped head, almost like a praying mantis, but different, I guess? More triangular, filled in. I didn't get a good look at it for long. It had a few darker markings, I guess, but it was pale and white, except for the eyes. It should have reflected eye shine, but it didn't. They just looked black, if that makes sense. Just like I was staring at them and light was getting sucked out. That's the best that I can describe this thing. It ran into the middle of the road, but instead of disappearing off into the other direction, it stopped. Posed for a second as I braked, which is... You know, the pose was the pose that I just described to you. But then it cocked its head and started chasing down the road after me. It was somewhere around maybe 300 feet away. 
I, I'm not good at distances, could be more or less. Uh, but that was when it changed. I immediately felt a gnawing fear, and I braked, made an illegal U-turn, and peeled out of there, going the opposite direction. It had gotten too dark at that point to see if the thing was still chasing me. It could have been right behind me, but it was too dark to see. But I wasn't going to give it the chance to catch up. For a full minute there, I was well above the speed limit, but as my heartbeat slowed down, I realized that I should actually be a bit more careful. A speed up only if the thing caught up and I could see it. At that point, I poured the rest of the coffee that I had out of the window. It was too much for my anxiety. I didn't see the, the, um, the cryptid again. I actually did see more deer run across in front of my car. It scared the bejesus out of me. But they weren't, they weren't like the first deer at all. And they weren't the creature. But I, you know, I screamed a bit in my car. I was probably intensely anxious for the rest of the day and the rest of the night. I maybe slept two hours that night. But that's my sighting. I have no clue what it was. I have an enormous pet peeve about Bigfoot sightings. Never believed him and probably never will. But I wish I saw Bigfoot instead of whatever that was. It looked menacing for sure, but it also looked... It looked wrong. Like there was an aura around it. Not a visible aura, just like a feeling. Even though I wasn't too near it, like I got this feeling that I shouldn't be looking at this. Which makes me feel like I was probably like panicking and hallucinating, but still. Nobody ever gets that with Bigfoot, I don't think. There weren't any you know, UFOs or lights in the sky or anything like that. Most of my friends think I saw an alien, but I'm not too sure. Well, the ones that would believe in this sort of thing think I saw an alien. Honestly, I wasn't close, and I didn't exactly stop to look at it, so maybe I just ended up seeing a bunch of sick deer or, I don't know, something with mange. I can be convinced that I was just seeing things. I do want to make that clear. But, you know... I am now completely willing to admit that hallucinations can scare even the most rational people. I'm not immune to that. Not to brag again, I guess. I'm not the most rational person of all time. But maybe I did see something I can't explain. I'd love to figure out what it was. There's nothing like it, you know, in regards to any local legends or anything. I guess I saw a new cryptid. If it's real, you know. Anyway, thanks for letting me share my tale. I wasn't scared for too long. I go camping pretty regularly again. I don't really avoid that area, even maybe if I should. I haven't seen anything supernatural since, but I don't know. I guess the weird thing is I only get nervous if I think about that thing. Like, like if I conjure up the image in my mind. That's my piece, though. I'm taking way too long wrapping up here. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for letting me call in. I'm always excited to talk about this sort of stuff. It's honestly way easier to get excited about this sort of thing when it's a second-hand account and not actively something that's happened to me. Uh, but I hope that's not a deal-breaker for the story. You're honestly so great for letting me share. So, getting right into it. I never knew my great-great-grandfather. I mean, obviously, he passed away, like, in the 60s or something. It's actually, uh, I never knew my grandparents either on that side of the family. They both passed when I was pretty young. Of natural ways, I should add. Nothing, like, out of the ordinary. My parents were doing, like, a basement organization project. It's not the most well-kept place of all time. They're not hoarders, though. I gotta defend them. But they found an old box that my mom's mom kept, and in it were a few 
well-written records and letters from my great-grandfather who got letters from his father. Apparently, he was living out in Nebraska. My relatives didn't really put a date on any of the letters or anything, but I think my great-great-grandfather was alive during the turn of the century. Uh, from what the normal letters said, he was mostly trying his hand out at farming while the sun stayed out back east, and I think he lived alone. There are a couple of the letters that are the weirdest thing that I've ever read, I guess, that I've read with my own eyes. And they all seem related to this one thing, and separate from his own, you know, normal life update entry type letters that he sent. I'll just, yeah, I'll just jump right into the first one. It was, like, the first weird one, I guess. Jumping right into it. Dear Nicholas, I trust that the Atlantic winter hasn't started off too wretchedly. You remember the first snow out here in the Great Plains falls often at the start of November? And now I am to tend to animals and fetch my groceries mostly. No crops to be grown once the frost sets in. A man can grow quite idle, same as every year though. I write to do more than simply correspond, however. As I recall what I saw, my hands tremble even now. Just yesterday, back a ways from the property, Around an unfarmed prairie, I was taking a walk with Dick when he grew agitated at something off in the distance. It looked like someone's steer had escaped from the property and was wandering about. I couldn't get a good look at it, but I'd never seen Dick bark as frantically as he had that moment. He was practically frothing at the mouth. I was quick-thinking enough to grab at his collar and tie the leash, lest he dash off towards the steer, but after the commotion, I finally got a good look at the animal and believe me when I say that the devil himself had afflicted the poor beast with something. Two limbs seemed to grow out from its sides, and a small leg seemed to grow from in front of the beast's two front two legs. Though it was a ways off, I heard it cry out from above the dog's barking, and it sounded like no cattle I'd ever come across. It was a deep, pained roar, and I've never heard any animal make such a noise before. I pulled Dick hard and fled the prairie before the creature could take notice. I kept to my homestead and locked the door tight last night, my gun always in arm's reach away. The dogs made such a noise that sleep was impossible, though the sound of the devilish steer would prevent it either way. There were only a few hours in the night when the dogs kept quiet. I tried reading, a bit to keep busy, mostly the Bible. There were occasions in which something scraped at the side of the walls of my home, but I didn't dare outside. The next morning, I saw to my own animals, and indeed, two of the pigs had completely vanished, without so much of a trace of violence or burglary. I talked with the sheriff to see if he'd any idea whose beasts would be in such a state, as well as to report my own livestock vanishing. But no one had reported anything that day but me. My very soul is racked. It pains me that you're to read about your father in such a state. By the time you get this letter, I imagine that more will have transpired, but I sincerely pray that this is the extent to which I must deal with something horrifying. Do write soon. I hope that the bank has kept you well, and that your life is free of troubles. It seems unlikely, but perhaps I can make a visit to see you and Deborah in New York come spring. With love, Father. So yeah, it starts off a bit dramatic. Uh, there's another letter which seems to be an immediate follow-up. Gonna get right into it. The situation has gotten worse. I am writing you a mere day after the previous letter, and I hope that the post sends these letters as quickly as possible. I woke up this morning to find another of my animals taken, 
a sheep. But this time, one animal was left behind, completely altered, in a way I'd never seen before. The sheep had what looked to be a sea creature's tentacles growing from its neck, almost half a dozen, black yet dried out. The poor creature's left eye was replaced with a horn, and strange lichen grew from its head. Its left leg had completely shriveled up, and its left side was almost hard like wood. The beast was dead where I found it. In hindsight, it would have been smart of me to have reported the body to the sheriff immediately, but I was so disgusted that I could not but burn the body right away, far from the home. Last night, all of the animals were once again in a frenzy, the dogs especially, and the same sounds of scraping continued against the wood of my home. I thought I heard the dying squeal of an animal, though perhaps I should owe that to my emotional state altering my memory. Later on, I did see to the sheriff, and was able to confirm that Farmer Noel Fryer had reported a missing mule, though aside from that, no one around the county reported that any of their livestock had been utterly transformed. I took care not to sound like a lunatic, and decided not to tell key details about my sheep, but Sheriff Riley could tell that I was perturbed by something. I was able to sleep two nights prior, thank God, for tonight I'm going to keep watch on the property. I dare not invite friends in case there exists any danger. But do know, I will keep a full carafe of tea brewed to keep my senses sharp this evening. Hopefully, the next letter will bring some sort of closure to this situation, dearest Nicholas. With love, Father. Dear Nicholas, Five inches of snow have made travel a bit difficult today. I hope this letter isn't delayed by more inclement weather. The money I'd made on the sale will certainly see to my travel expenses and then some, and though I will be taking the long route towards seeing you on this trip, I'll be pretty comfortable all along the way. It is a shame, though. I'm most likely going to need to work afterwards, though I'm not so old that I can't pick up a job. I am merely thankful that the hand I lost is not the hand which I write with. I hope to be in Minneapolis on the 15th of March this year, and would appreciate if you were to write to the Anderson Hotel in order to reach me. Should there be any delay in the post, worry not. I will be in the Northwoods area for the duration of a few weeks before heading towards the East Coast. The letter will come to me. I do believe that if any record exists of this thing that I saw, one can find them at the university here, or perhaps the library. I've never spent so much time in a library before in my life, believe me. There is a Catholic man by the name of Peter Giovoli, and he has put a great deal of his free time towards an investigation of sorts. It's a very personal project for him and his group, but considering the man hasn't talked to too many folk what may have come across this thing, he agreed to accompany me into the woods early next month. Now, to be completely honest, this whole situation has caused a great deal of apprehension within me, but in time I do believe I can stand to be around a Catholic man after all. I'm only making fun, though in complete honesty, I am afraid of what we might come across, if we come across anything at all. There aren't too many clues to tell us that we're pursuing a fresh trail. I am no hunter, especially if things that exist past what I once believed. Mr. Giovoli and I will be accompanied by a hunter, though, rest assured, Nicholas. 
I know that after such an injury, a man like me has no place roughing it out in the wilderness. But have no fear, son. I am in good company. Keep me in your prayers, son. Nothing delights me more than the thought of me seeing you, Deborah, and little Ollie. Rest assured, it will be soon. I have little doubt that I have been writing like a sort of madman as of late. But we will all sleep soundly once this matter is at its full conclusion. I am ever thankful for the trust you've put in me. From your father, with love. So yeah, that's the last letter that relates to, you know, the weird animal transformation stuff. Now, to answer a few of the questions that I'm 99% sure you have right now, no one in my family has any clue what my great-great-grandfather's talking about. Honestly, I don't even think my parents know what his name was. They aren't, like, the type of people to get into genealogy. We do know, or I guess I'm guessing, that little Ollie was probably my grandfather. His name was Oliver. Uh, no letters were found to indicate that he wrote after the last one, which, like, isn't to say that he passed away right after or anything. He might not have. None of our relatives or anything lived in Minnesota or Nebraska, and I even think that my great-great-grandfather was probably either divorced or a widower, because from the other letters it looks like he was out there alone, and he never wrote about a wife or anything. That's about it for the context, though. In the interest of being dramatic, there was one record that I found with the others, and this record wasn't written by my great-great-grandfather at all. It's definitely an outlier, but I think it's related. The note comes with an illustration of an old German woodcut. Not a woodcut itself, but uh, either a printed illustration or a hand-drawn thing. And yes, I only know what this is because I got really into the Slenderman lore back when it was popular, and there was that whole German uh, Der Grossmann element to it, with the letter that looks like a B, but it's an S. I'm not even certain that that thing was even real, but the picture almost looked kind of exactly like that. Kind of exactly. Oxymoron. Uh, but it had a faceless, pale thing, except it had more limbs and a pointier head, and it had eyes, but they were just little dots. But still, no mouth or nose or anything in the illustration. There was text underneath, though. Definitely not in German. Don't ask me what it means. <laughs> So yeah, don't ask me what that means at all. It's got like, you know, the Latin alphabet, but it's not a language that gets me any results when I put it in online. I could try spelling it, I guess. God, that's going to take forever. L-L-Y-W-R-I-T-T-E apostrophe G-R-Y-T-T-H-E space. O-I-G-D apostrophe Y-A or Y-I-A-D-T-T-I-G-D-E-I-T space M-I-N-Y-E space B-A-Y-E-R-I-S-C-H-E-W-A-L-D comma space G-H-I or G apostrophe H-I-N space F-G-H-I-L-E-N-O space G-L-I-E-G-N apostrophe G-R-Y-T-T-H-E period T-H-Y-L-E-N apostrophe G-R-Y-A-M space O-N-Y space G-L-I-E-G-N Woo! Hope that wasn't too annoying. I know there's like no clear-cut answers to this mystery, but hopefully you get a little kick out of it at the very least. If you know, you can't figure out what it is. Weird animal mutilation. 
relations in the turn of the century stuff's kind of like interesting, I guess. Creepy stuff. I'll call again if I stumble across any more letters or anything. Thanks. Two different stories, both with perhaps similar themes, or maybe they're unrelated entirely. These sorts of things are left to speculation and not really clear-cut, factual evidence. But they are interesting tales nonetheless. Keep an eye out, I suppose, for anything resembling that one movie, Annihilation, and the bear therein. I'm a fan of that bear, I must say. <laughs>